morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88. Right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You are with Lyle and... Lawson. Something's going on in our studio today. It's suddenly super echoey and I don't know why, but... Mm. Anyway, uh, it'll get sorted out. It will get sorted out. It will do. What are you thankful for this morning? Look, I'm thankful for um, just the amazing work that God is doing in the space of university ministry yes. um, here in our conference. This weekend, we have coming up the um, University Ministry Summit, um, where there will be representatives from, I believe, five different campuses here in North New South Wales, um, like secular campuses, and yes. we'll be coming together doing uh, trainings and, um, yeah, essentially teaching these different people from these different campuses, the the model of the ASOC group, uh, which is the Adventist Students on Campus group, and then teaching them how to use that as an outreach tool um, to their universities. Yeah, to reach out to uh, the universities and to plant churches. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So, like, at the moment, I'm part of a, uh, like, a university church plant itself, and so... Um, Members from my church will be going there doing some training too, but, uh, I will not be attending. Instead, I will be, uh, staying in, <laughs> staying down here in, uh, rainy Newcastle and, and preaching. So super, <laughs> super blessed. Uh, but it's good because, yeah, all of our, a bunch of our people are going. They're going to get trained up, going to come back swinging and help me a lot anyway. <laughs> a lot, what are you grateful for this morning? I'm grateful that tomorrow's quiz is going to be all about what you're going to be preaching about. <laughs> and so I can't wait to try and figure Figure out what Lawson's presentation is going to be uh, because it's going to be amazing and you should head along there to uh, to meet Lawson and hear what he has to say Saturday morning. Yes, yes, of course. All right. So, yeah, kind of um, things going all over the place here this morning. But no, anyway, we're good. we will see how we go. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. All right, let's have a look at some some good news, and this is good news that is also controversial news. This is a little bit. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. I like is, it. Bring it on. Let's um, have some controversy. So, but probably we haven't had a debate for ages, Lawson. That's fine. That's let's fine. For it. I don't know if we're going to have a debate. Maybe we have the same opinion, but I'm really hoping that um, some people can fill us in on their opinions as well, because this is probably one of the most controversial topics in health um one on on Uh-oh. on the more controversial side maybe not the Are most you seriously contri- gonna go there uh, oh i don't know where you think you're going. <laughs> <laughs> no not i wouldn't actually i wouldn't say the most controversial but definitely on the controversial side especially within christian circles um, okay. because it's 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 an interesting one so okay. essentially um in a study um in a study, in a study that's currently undergoing peer review, so a, yes. a study has been so released. It hasn't been peer reviewed yet. It's, it has been done. It's been done. It's released. currently in the process of being peer reviewed. Essentially, um, the CBD compound found in cannabis um, is essentially stopping COVID nineteen. Okay, so if you want to uh, be cured of COVID-19 or if you want to be immune from it, you just got to smoke weed, is that what you're saying? No, 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 of, of course not. I just <laughs> Let's get into some of the details of their findings. So essentially, um, the CBD oil um, has been found to stop uh, COVID-19, um, uh, the replication of it in the lung 
epithelial epithelial cells. So this is one of the biggest things about COVID-19. The one of the biggest damages that it does is to the lungs. Um, and essentially it goes through what's called the cytokine storm, which is this great, uh, explosion of replication in the lungs where it's just attacking the cells and then replicating and attacking and replicating and attacking and just wearing away at your lungs. And that's why, you know, they feel the effects of, you know, difficulty breathing and, and whatnot. And essentially they've found that CBD oil not only um, prevents the cytokine storm and puts COVID-19 into the pre-inflammatory state, but just treats it altogether. Okay, so the, basically the COVID bugs kind of get high and sit back and relax and don't do anything. Yeah, pretty much. Something like they, that. They, they, Something they essentially, like that. they... They recede. Uh, it's also been said, yeah, infection incident rate um, is much lower with those who are um, taking CBD. Okay, so how do you actually take this CBD, though? I mean, is this just a matter of, uh, you know, we, we, as we mentioned earlier, smoke some weed and, and, and you're good to go or what? Yeah, of course. And this is where, like, the big, I guess, debate has come up because CBD um, as a product has definitely been on the rise um, in the last... I would say maybe five, six years in the mainstream. Um, cannabinoid, uh, uh, cannabinoid oil, uh, as I should say, is a compound that's found within, you know, the, the, the marijuana plant and it's extracted, be, you know, made into an oil and then, uh, essentially consumed. People use it in all different ways, whether it's as like a, uh, uh, you know, a soothing gel or, you know, something that is ingested. But essentially what this isn't, is smoking weed, uh, when, when, like, you know, marijuana is smoked, uh, there is this whole other aspect to it, uh, basically there's the THC compound, which leads to hallucinations and, uh, and spacing out. That's like the, the, um, the, the mentally, uh, the illicit part of, the, the marijuana plant, but CBD oil is just this oil that they found contained within the marijuana plant that is, uh, that doesn't have any THC and is, doesn't have any mind altering compound, um, and is apparently doing great things, uh, almost like as this report is saying, it's stopping, stopping coronavirus from harming its users. So this is an interesting one. Because it is. it's very controversial because it's like, okay, so we're removing THC, so there's no longer the mind-altering effects, which is a good thing, but then they're finding CBD oil to still have mind-altering effects, but then they're saying that those mind-altering effects are positive. People are saying that they're using it to relieve, you know, instead of um, antidepressant medication, okay, so they're using it the to thing. relieve we, we, anxiety. We, we use it's, lots of drugs for lots of different yeah. purposes medicinally, mm-hmm. and all drugs pretty much have side effects, and some of those side effects are quite severe. Yes. And basically when your doctor prescribes you with drugs or medications, mm-hmm. he's weighing up the side effects of the drug versus the side effects of the disease. Mm-hmm. And when the side effects of the drug are not as bad as the side effects of the disease, then that's the drug that you get. Yes. And we take some very, very hard drugs at times. For mm. instance, when you go in for an operation, you take drugs that are so hard, they knock you out cold. Yeah. You know, that's over and above your recreational drugs. Yeah. And so there's a difference between a medicinal drug and a... Uh, recreational drug, and really what that comes down to is that one is administered by medical professionals mm-hmm. in a medical environment, 
in an environment where the benefits and the, uh, you know, the pluses and the minuses can be weighed up and they can say, okay, well, you know, uh, this is going to be better for you. When you take drugs as a recreational uh pursuit, then you are getting all of the negative side effects. There is no medical, uh, you know, oversight that takes place when you are doing that. Mm -hmm. And there's no need to do so. There's no requirement to do so. So yes. you're going to get all those negative side effects without having to get them. So, but this is the, this is the controversial so, so, part. So, 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 but here's the thing with, <laughs> here's the thing with, with medical marijuana is, is it's no different from, from any other medical drug that we use. Mm -hmm. And it is a lot less powerful than mm. many of the other drugs that are already in use. And those drugs, you know, we've taken them out of their natural form, we've extracted the, you know, the active ingredient from it, and we've placed it into a pill or something you inject or otherwise. That's a very different scenario. That's much harder drugs than marijuana. But if we can find something positive in marijuana that we can use in a medical way, I don't have a problem with it. Oh, man, there's so much that can be said with this. Unfortunately, we're, we've, we're out of time. Maybe we'll bring up this oh, topic a little it. bit I'd later because there is, there is so many different sides to this argument. Yes. But yeah, apparently CBD oil doing great things. You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. However, I, heard, I did hear this story, and I wanted to talk about it. This was um, a testimony that I heard of a nurse who was involved in a late-term abortion. So this is going to be a heavy story. Mm. And so, um, yeah, just we want to bear that in mind that uh, we understand that there are a lot of people who are badly affected by this kind of thing. If mm. you uh, are feeling bad as a result of this story, give Lifeline a call. Give us a call here. Happy to help out in, in any way that we can. Late-term abortion. Uh, had to take a photograph of the baby for medical records. The When the flash went off on the camera, it startled the baby and the baby uh, started to breathe and suddenly realised that this baby had survived abortion and just sort of, sort of shared the story of what happened. They basically uh, took this baby, put it into a storage closet and checked on it every couple of hours and waited for it to die until it did die with no medical treatment, no pain relief, no anything whatsoever at all. And we kind of think that this is, you know, something that happens on a really, really rare occasion. Mm. Um, in uh, four years, in a four-year period between 2012-2016 in uh, Victoria, that was 10% of babies that were aborted were aborted alive. Mm. Um, you know, you've got some states that keep records of that and some that don't. And, you know, other states have similar numbers that do keep records. But at the same time, you've got, in the last six months, you've had 10 people have uh, committed assisted suicide, 50 in South Australia, 52 in Victoria. And so this sort of started my, started me thinking about something that I wanted to share with you, just as a thought. Okay, so we think about, and I, and I said we'd talk about Alexander the Great. Mm -hmm. And... You know, he's seen as being, uh, you know, a great general. He, he carries the title great, etc. But really what Alexander was, was a psychopath and a historical arsonist. Mm. You know, he, he just, he went out to just burn and destroy and killed just countless numbers of people. His motivation for doing so was his own glory. Mm. That was it. He had no other motivation other than that. And so then recently I was listening to something that was comparing Alexander the Great to 
um, Adolf Hitler. Now, Alexander the Great was never considered to be Alexander the Great until over 300 years after his death. Mm. He was seen as being, you know, up until that particular point, the whole world just thought of that name with absolute revulsion. Wow. In the same way that we think of Adolf Hitler today. Mm. That was their view of Alexander the Great, and you can read the historical records until the Romans come along, and the Romans want to replicate what Alexander did, and so they created this propaganda where they added the the, 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 the title Great mm. to his name. That, that's a Roman title that was given to him by the Romans and glorified the guy and then went out and copied what he did. Mm. And so the question that sort of goes through my mind is then, okay, how long does it take before somebody writes a book of revised history on Adolf the Great? Yeah, well. What will the history (laughs) of Adolf Hitler be like 300 years from now? Yeah. Okay, so when you look at Alexander's motives, Alexander's motives were his own glory. Mm. Adolf's motives were... He wanted to make the world a better place, and he was going to make the world a better place by killing all of the undesirables. Mm. And if you look at Adolf, you know, apparently he was he was a pretty nice guy to have a chat with. He was a very agreeable person to sit down, have a conversation with. He wasn't hard to be friends with. He was a vegetarian. He had believed in looking after the animals and so forth, mm. all this kind of stuff, and he went out to make the world a better place. And you would say, well, that's at the very start. That is a step above Alexander. Yeah, And if we can rewrite the history of Alexander, is it possible that humans can rewrite sometime in the future the history of Adolf Hitler? Well, it's unfortunate. We're already like, like we think about that name with utter disdain, but there are already people who attempt to um, promote the legacy of like, and they're, they're, at the moment they're yeah, very they're like, like this, the lunatic. Exactly. No, but this is the thing. The, the, there were probably people at the time with Alexander the Great, the lunatic fringe, who also promoted him. And then there was some reason why it was promoted to become mainstream. Okay, so let me come back from the lunatic fringe and let's talk about the mainstream. So let's talk mm. about some of Adolf Hitler's policies. Adolf Hitler had a policy of you know um, eugenics, basically breeding the human race up. So it's like we can breed, you know, um, master races of cattle and we can breed master races of dogs. We can do the same with the human race. And so that means you've got to wipe out the lower levels of the human race and only breed the higher levels. And so, you know, um, your, your low socioeconomic, your undesirables um, at the very best, these were people that were sterilized at the very worst. They were euthanized, the disabled, the elderly were euthanized, you know, this was, they were a burden on society. And so these were some of the policies that Adolf Hitler was bringing in. And they weren't that different from the eugenics program that was being experimented with in the United States. And they weren't that different from the colonial system of the British when they looked at England and said, okay, how can we make England a better place? Well, let's take all of the lower classes and find an excuse to export them to Australia. (laughs) Because that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to purify their nation by getting rid of the lower classes. Just send them to the other side of the world and let them live over there. And then we started thriving and now they're jealous. Yeah, well, (laughs) absolutely. I mean, this is... uh, um, And and so basically what this was doing was all of these three things were an effort to create a more productive gene pool. Mm. That was the idea behind it. And so I asked the question, how far behind that are we? You know, if you look at, if you look at abortion, for instance, abortion is all about, uh, 
you know, getting rid of the lower socioeconomic people within our community and stopping them from breeding. Now, I understand that there are people from higher levels, higher socioeconomic levels who have abortions, but the vast majority are from the bottom. Mm. And the vast majority are from racial minorities. So you look at Adolf Hitler, who was getting rid of Jews and gypsies and homosexuals and, you know, these kinds of things. These were racial minorities. Uh, What are we doing? You know, if you look at the United States, where the abortion rate amongst African-Americans is more than double any other people group, it's all about, it's getting rid of racial minorities. Mm. Wow. You know, they make up, what, 15% of the US population. They would make up 30% if it wasn't for Abortion is accomplishing exactly the same thing. And not as a, only is it a war on racial minorities, it's a war on women mm. because the majority of abortions, um, women are far more likely to be aborted than what uh, men are. And now we're bringing in euthanasia. And, of course, Adolf Hitler had euthanasia. And um, under his policy, they euthanized the elderly and the disabled. We don't euthanize the disabled in Australia yet, but that's because we are 20 years behind other nations that brought in voluntary euthanasia that now are. Mm. We talk, we say there's no slippery slope. There is very, very much yeah, a slippery slope. I remember slope. reporting, uh, we, we talked about a story a couple of years ago coming out of the Netherlands of, of teenagers going through the process of euthanasia. It's like the most yes, tragic right. thing ever. Oh, shocking stuff. Okay, so you think about this. In, since 1960, recorded abortions is 2.3 billion. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the, uh, in the United States, the Vietnam, um, memorial is a stone wall with the name of every single person on it who died in the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. It is 150 meters long. Mm-hmm. If you were to put up the names of the babies we've aborted, that wall would stretch from Townsville to Sydney and across to Perth. Wow. That's the world in which we live. It's heavy stuff. Mm. And we say we're better than Nazi Germany. We are doing exactly the same things, just in a more civilised way. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, interview for the day. Our guest joining us on the phone is Candice Bergen. Candice, are you there? Yeah, hey guys. Hey, how are you going? Good, good. So great to have you on the show. And of course, we've got you here to discuss the release, um, all about your new album, Whatever It Takes. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> so I guess before we get into the album, before we um, jump into uh, your music, I guess we should get to know a little bit about yourself. Um, so Candice, introduce yourself. Where are you from? Um, you know, what are you, what are you currently doing? I guess, you know, music is one of them, but what's your background? Uh, just give us some information. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I am living in Brisbane, Queensland at the moment. Um, supposed to be sunny Queensland, but right now we've had just a myriad of storms and it's really overcast. So we feel like we're, you know, Melbourneites at the moment. <laughs> but, um, yeah, look, I've, I've lived and worked all around the world, um, at the moment, though, I am a naturopath, so I have my own business that I'm consulting through, and I also have a food manufacturing business, so I'm pretty busy. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Naturopath, food manufacturing, those are both, uh, you're, you're running both of those businesses? Yeah, yeah. Keeping me out of trouble, that's for sure. <laughs> so, uh, Candice, just very quickly, what uh, kind of food are you manufacturing? 
Um, so I'm doing really healthy, you know, plant-based kind of food. Um, there's such a huge market for it at the moment. Everyone's going plant-based, all of the health benefits. And, um, yeah, I'm there to help them out. So I do a lot of wholesale to different cafes around Brizzy and, um, you know, bulk food sizes. And then I also do kind of like, um, you know, like a food delivery service as well just to people's houses. So, yeah, if you are very time poor and you need some good tucker, um, just contact me if you're Brisbane-based. <laughs> so with the uh, with the local deliveries, like, you know, to the house, does that mean uh, do you work through like Uber Eats or something like that where uh, somebody just turns up and, and delivers it at your door? Or how does that actually work? Do you have uh, people that work for you? Yeah, no, it's just private delivery. So it's not through an actual delivery app or anything like that at this stage. Um, yeah, busy enough to not really push it that way just yet. But, yeah, super excited with how well it's going so far. And I started it up during Rona, which was kind of a bad time, but then it actually worked out to be quite good. So, um, yeah, people were happy just to have their food delivered from home. And, yeah, it was, it was a real blessing, actually. Yeah, that's fantastic. We should come back to uh, to this album that uh, you're putting together. <laughs> <laughs> I sidetracked on the food there. I was, um, it's not hard to sidetrack us when it comes to food. But, right. yeah, tell us, what was the inspiration for this new album? Well, again, another thing that started during Corona, um, you know, we all had a little bit of extra time on our hands due to mm. shutdowns. And so I just love spending time in God's Word and I love to write songs. I feel like, you know, I have been called David because I kind of write a song like every other day. Um, I just find it really inspiring to share what I'm learning um, through song. And so I started writing just a whole bunch of new songs during Corona time and yeah, they became so many that I was like, I should probably do another album at the time. <laughs> so, yeah, I've jumped in the studio once everything opens up and now I'm just at the home stretch and this album should be released um, in, Mar- in May, so early May. That is so epic. It seems like pro- probably like one of the things that keeps people from releasing music is usually they don't have a lot to say, but it seems like yes. you've got so much to say. What, what do you think I've inspires you in that sense? <laughs> Oh, I, I think obviously just, you know, when, when you're having your daily devotion with God and you're spending time with Him, the Holy Spirit just speaks to you and, yeah, you just see things in a different way and I just have tunes that just come into my head and it's not it's not difficult for me to write songs like I can easily just write one in like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And so that's why I have so many. I've got like hundreds of songs, but they'll never find their place on an album, unfortunately. So these ones that are coming out on this next album are kind of like the, my favorite ones. And, uh, yeah, ones where God just really... You know, I've written half of these songs that will be on this album as I've just been driving to work in my car. So <laughs> it's like easy inspiration. The, yeah, I'm just super excited to share it because the messages are really encouraging and inspiring, super motivating. And I think especially for this time, you know, we're all living in a bit of a, a scary time. It's very fearful for a lot of people out there. A lot of us have lost friends and loved ones through this pandemic. And we all need to be inspired and to be encouraged that things are going to get better. You know, this this was not always going to be like this. So I really hope that it will help other people on their journey. Candice, you mentioned that you uh, you chose some of your favourites here. Um, mm. My question is, how do you go about choosing the favourites? Are they just the ones where you like the tune the best or you like the words the best or you like the message the best or is there some other category or is it a, just a blend of all of the above? <laughs> you know what, I think, you yeah, you're right. It's, it's a bit of all of those things. Um, so some of the tunes are pretty um, amazing. Like, I, yeah, I, I don't have any music background. So the fact that God can give me some songs that sound good is really a, a miracle. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but the message, I think, is the biggest thing that stands out. You know, we all need a message of hope at this time. 
Um, we need a message um, of mission and focus mm. and vision for those of us who are Christians. You know, God has called us to step up and to be all that he wants us to be and to be his, you know, his mouthpiece and his hands and his arms and his feet at this time. So, um, yeah, I think it's really inspiring for those who are Christians. For those who are not, there's a lot of um, songs on there as well that will show God's complete love and yearning for us to give him a go, you know, just give him a chance. Um, so there's a bit of something for everyone on this album, and I really hope that it will reach a lot of different people. I'd love to know then, um, as you're relatively new to music and, and, and you've taken the giant leap to, to um, releasing and everything, that, which is so, so awesome and inspiring to hear. I'd love to know then, what was your the, the creative process and the steps that you took to take these songs from just ideas that were kind of floating around to, you know, I guess, formalizing them and then putting them into a song format and, and the production and everything that went into it, because that is pro- easily the most difficult step, I would say, is is especially for someone like yourself. So, yeah, give us a rundown of how that happened. Yeah, well, absolutely. It is a massive process. And, um, you know, for me, so it was quite interesting because during Corona when everything shut down, I have a guitar and I know, you know, I taught myself basic chords enough to be able to write songs. Mm. But my guitar um, strings broke and I couldn't get them replaced. So I had a little Yamaha, like just, you know, it's a really old school um, piano. So I actually taught myself piano during Corona, just enough, like just basic chords. I mean, I wouldn't get out there and do a concert or anything, but enough to write songs. So this whole album has been written with my basic little knowledge of um, piano chords. And then (laughs) from there, like... Because everything was shut down, I actually, you know, got a lot of help from outsiders. So um, I found a few different musicians around the world and they all needed, you know, finances and, and, you know, something to do as well during the time. So I've actually outsourced a lot of my backing music and um, my musicians. I've got like violinists and all sorts of amazing pianists Mm. and guitar players. And I've been able to, you know, help them out around the world and it's helped me out. So they've recorded, you know, all of the backing and then I've just had to jump into the studio and put down the lead vocals and all the backing vocals. So um, this was definitely easier than my first album because I had to do everything, you know, there in the studio um, uh, live. But now, yeah, this time around, I've learned a lot since my first album and this one has been a lot easier, less stressful. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's just been a time thing. It's hard to get, you know, all the way to the studio and you can only go once a month. So it's taken quite a while. But yeah, I'm happy to be at the end stages of it all. Oh, that's so good. Actually, I, I, I've got two questions for you. Firstly, um, what was the uh, the entirety of, I, I guess you could say, what was the, the time that it took to, to finally get this album together? And then secondarily, um, is there some kind of theme? You mentioned some of the takeaways from the album, but in terms of the, the theme of the album and, and how the songs flow and whatnot... Um, because I know that that's a huge part of the creative process as well as this thinking thematically and conceptually about, you know, what you want your album to say. Uh, yeah, so the time the album took and, and the themes and the concepts of the album, if you could just get into that for us, I'd love to know. Yeah, well, you know, the timing, it would have been quicker if, you know, I wasn't working full-time and had hardly any time to do it. So I kind of only made it to the studio, you know, once a month. So all in all, um, I didn't really start it until sort of June last year. Um, and I finally put down the last track probably about two weeks ago. So it's been, you know, a good like eight month project. Um, I could have got it all done in two weeks if I had two weeks straight, you know, to be able to do it. Yeah, but sure. you know how it is with life that gets in the road, right? So mm. yeah, so that's how long it took. Um, but in regards to 
the flow and the theme of the album. The album is very much um, mingled with songs about trust and surrender to God, um, also about just love and worshipping God and devotion and spending time with Him. I think that's really important. Um, to get to know someone, you need to spend time with them, right? And, of course, it's very mission and vision focused. So great for people who, you know, want to, to work in service for God, you know. It's very inspiring for those of us who want to get out there and do something and make a difference in this world. And um, very much also based on dedication and steadfastness, steadfastness and purpose. So a lot of the songs are going to help us to sort of, you know, step up and be all that God wants us to be mm-hmm. and get out there and do what he would do. If Jesus was here right now, what would he be doing? He'd be out there mingling among people as one that desires their good and sharing the good news. And so, you know, it's very inspiring for um, all different people. Um, it's very encouraging, uplifting, and I really pray that it will make a massive um, imprint on our hearts and on our minds as we journey in this final little part of this journey um, home. Oh, so such good stuff. So powerful and inspiring. I just want to get to, so the album itself is called Whatever It Takes, uh, and it has a title track, Whatever It Takes. We're going to be playing that in a couple of minutes. I just want to get your thoughts behind uh, that theme and that concept. What was the real inspiration going into that? You know, I think because of the times that we're living in, like we all realize that you know, this world, it's not getting any better. You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic worldwide. Um, I don't think any of us have ever lived through that before. And, you know, there's a lot of scare up, scared people out there who are fearful as well of what's going to happen. And so many of us have lost our loved ones. And, you know, we, we mourn for those losses. But for those of us who are Christians, we know that things can only get better. And mm. so this particular song is very much about um, those of us who are Christians who are living at this time when, you know, there's a lot of trouble in this world. There's a lot of bad things happening. But God is calling us. He's saying, I'm coming back soon, guys. Can you just get out there and tell those out there who don't know me yet, um, let them know that I'm coming and let them Mm. be prepared. And so it's for people who um, want to, you know, go out there and share Jesus with the world. You know, it's time for us to stand up and to have courage and whatever it takes, you know, we know that it'll be worth it. There will be people in the kingdom because we happen to just share Jesus with them. Um, and whatever the cost, some of us may lose our lives. You know, there are martyrs happening right now all around the world. Um, but whatever it takes, we know that heaven will be cheap enough. And whatever the trials and the tests that we're going to endure from now right until Jesus comes, um, we know that in the promise of Matthew twenty four thirteen, Jesus says that if we can endure to the end, we will be saved. And so... This song is very much about um, us just going out there, being God's disciples and sharing him with the world who are hurt, who are broken, who are mourning. And let them know that, you know what, this is the night time, but the morning's coming. There'll be a time of rejoicing. There'll be a time to see our loved ones again. And there'll be a time where we won't have to see death or suffering or know what crying is anymore. And that's what we're all looking forward to. But we need to get out there and whatever it takes and whatever the cost is, we need to be willing to do that for Jesus to share his amazing love to those who don't know him. Candace, just very quickly, um, before we finish up, uh, where, is, where, where are we going to be able to access this album once it's released? Okay, so I'm going to, you can get it from my website, which will be candace-bergen.square.site. 
Um, but also I'll be on all of the usual, you know, iTunes and everything like that. And also the um, Music First app and the Loud Voice app. So you'll be able to find all my music from both albums right there. Fantastic. Candice, thank you so much for joining us here on Faith FM. And uh, what was the uh, launch date for that very quickly? So it'll be early May. Early May. So keep an eye out for it. Early May, brand new album from Candice Bergen coming out. We're going to now listen to the title track, Whatever It Takes.
being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.